let's worship the Lord with his word this morning from Psalm 66. For the pure and shining one, a song of awakening. Everyone, everywhere, lift up your joyful shout to God. Sing your songs tuned to his glory. Tell the world how wonderful he is. For he's the awe-inspiring God, great and glorious in power. We've never seen anything like him. Mighty in miracles. You cause your enemies to tremble. No wonder they all surrender and bow before you. All the earth bow down to worship. All the earth will sing your glories forever. Everyone will say, come and see the incredible things God has done. It will take your breath away. He multiplies miracles for his people. He made a highway going right through the Red Sea as the Hebrews passed through on dry ground, exploding with joyous excitement over the miracles of God. Praise God, all you peoples. Praise him everywhere and let everyone know you love him. He is the way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He is a light of the My God, that is who you are. Let's give him praise. Let's make his praise glorious today. Hallelujah. He's worth it. Come on and give him glory. Come on, can we just stay right there and give him glory? He's worth it. He's awesome. Yes, he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. When you come into his presence, lifting up the name of Jesus, Yeah. 
you come to praise the Lord this morning? Oh, come on, did you come to praise the Lord this morning? Come on, we're to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to get my praise on today. I'm shaking off despair. I'm, I'm crushing disappointment. Any, and anything is possible with God. Hallelujah. Where's my dancers out to 
Your name is powerful. 
make a miracle work. We make a miracle work. We make a miracle work. We make a miracle work. You see, we make a miracle work. 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 Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Even when I don't see it. Still working, you are still moving. There is nothing. 
every person in this building today. We thank you for everyone who came, some who pressed in to get here, many who could not come, those who are watching online. We pray for healing virtue to flow through bodies right now. Those who've been uh, exposed to COVID, we pray a hedge of protection around them. They will not be susceptible to that disease in Jesus' name. We bless those who are grieving today. Let the peace of God fill their hearts. And those who are wondering where their next paycheck or the, the next money for the next bill is coming from, help them to know that you're the God who provides you are more than enough. You are El Shaddai, the God of plenty. We just give you praise that you are all of this and more. And so we do what the psalmist encouraged us to do in the very beginning. We're going to lift up a shout of praise out of our righteous tents. Can we do that? Lift up a shout of praise and thanksgiving.
All right, there's no time or space, right, with God. So y'all be praying, um, keep praying and everything that God's doing here. And also, the inside the your bulletin, it says Spring Family Fun Day on April 22nd. We are moving that up to Sunday, April 23rd, okay? We've had some um, things come up scheduling as far as kids playing ball and stuff, so we want to be sure that everybody can be involved with that. So Spring Family Fun Day will be April 23rd after service that Sunday. Also, coming up next Saturday, March 25th, my sister Michelle Pravat will be here. She will be leading a night of worship. She will be, um, we will be worshiping to some of her original songs and to some old-time hymns that everybody loves. So we invite you to come out. Everybody's welcome. We're going to have a great time. A lot of you remember her. She grew up in this church. She was part of the praising for years and years and years. So we're excited to be able to host that coming up Saturday. So make sure you look at your bulletin. Lots of good stuff going on. So today is March 19th, and in 1943, something very, very, very important, a person made their appearance on this earth, and without her, I literally would not be not just here, but I would not be here. So mom, we want you to stand up and come forward. Let's honor her. Let's give her a yes. church. Amen. We're so glad to honor her today. 80 is a big number. She said after today, she was not aging. Her number's unlisted from now on, she said. So we just wanted to honor her. These flowers in the front of the um, podium are yours, and we blessed her with a corsage. And then we have a couple of presentations for her. So we're going to ask Tracy and Wanda and Anthony to come forward. So we'll let Anthony go first, okay? Anthony is on our board here, and he will be representing the church today. Tracy's representing Women's Ministries and Wanda, Priest of Praise. No, he didn't. I didn't tell him intentionally. Just please, it's an honor. Mrs. Blees, I have the honor of presenting on behalf of Priests of Praise, and I've asked them to stand up 
wherever they currently are seated. Some are still on the platform and can't stand in the cage over there. But um, every person you see, our gifts and abilities and calling came from God. But your and pastor's obedience to hear his heart changing the worship at Northview opened the door for us to become priests of praise. And he birthed that through you. And throughout the years, you have set an example for us that's been unparalleled. You have led, I miss the days when you actively led worship up here. We've learned so much from you. Probably a lot of us try to to model ourselves after you because you have provided such a role model for us. Um, I just wanted you to look at some of the fruits of your labor to understand that you, your obedience to God created the opportunity for us to go and flow in his calling and giftings in our lives. And we just have some goodies in here for you and we hope you enjoy them. to give to the Lord today. Yes. That's how I like to hear that. If you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are moving forward now. If you'll just raise your hand, they will get you one. I see some hands up, gentlemen. We just want to thank you for the way you give here at Northview. Um, If you'll notice the screen, we give you many opportunities and different ways to give. And we just are so thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful for all that you do. We know a lot of you give online, and we thank you so much for that. So we're going to prepare ourselves to give. As we're doing that, we're going to let Children's Church go out now. I didn't forget this time, guys. Children's Church can be dismissed. You guys can follow Miss Elizabeth out. All right, if you'll stand. We're going to prepare ourselves to give if you're giving in-house today. You know, we are taught in this house that giving is just as much ministry as anything else that we do here. Amen? So we're just so thankful for the way God blesses. We're thankful that God is blessing you. Just keep being faithful. Just keep being faithful. 
All right, you may come and give. Get with me after church, young man. It's still doing it. Here, take it over there and play with it. See if you can restart it. Crash it. Don't shoot it. All right. 
Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Job 22, 28, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. We believe in confessing the word of the Lord. Well, actually, we believe in confession, whether you confess positive or negative, you're going to have whatever you say. If you confess negative doubt, fear, unbelief, you're going to have negative doubt, fear, and unbelief. But if you confess the faith in the word of God and the principles of the kingdom, you will have that in your life. Amen. God created all that there is. Hebrews chapter 11 says, and we know that God created the heavens uh, by his word. When God created man, he made man in his image. That didn't mean that he just made you with two eyes and a nose and two ears. He put certain attributes inside of you that he has himself. So your words, Bishop Tony Miller used to say it like this, your words will frame your world. Okay? So let's make this confession together. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, go ahead and give the Lord a praise. And if you pull up the next one, Miss Vicki, and I'm gonna work on this thing in just a minute, so I'm not gonna have to say pull up the next one, Miss Vicki, all day long, okay? Because I got like 500 slides to preach from. I'm just playing, y'all. Nobody get nervous, okay? <clears throat> oh, I've heard this one before. Has anybody heard this one before? Y'all let Pastor Blees hear y'all shout it out. Hey! Father God, today as we have been faithful to honor you, you said to bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse. We submit to your word. We make a choice to believe you, that if we honor you, we respect you, honor your word and respect your word, that you are walking in a covenant promise with us, then we will see heaven open itself and we will see blessings poured out that we are not able to receive. And those blessings are a whole lot more than money. They can come in health. They can come in peace. They can come in joy. However you deem fit to bless your people, God, we receive this offering today. And we pray that you would breathe on it, bless every home, every individual, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Who's working on my iPad? Oh, well, we cool then because he's like Star Trek, man. He's Star Wars. He's probably got a lightsaber over there somewhere. He's going to threaten it. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> Today we have, uh, we're, we're blessed to have with us uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Tony and Mrs. Anna Barbara Fagan. 
are with us today. They are some of our younger missionaries in our denomination, and I'm going to let them, you guys can start making your way on up. I'm going to let them come and share with you a little bit today. And how many of you know that for many months I have been belaboring the point that we need younger men, younger women called into ministry? And I've said these words. When's the last time you heard a young man or young woman say, I feel called to, to pastor, or I feel called to evangelize, or I feel called to be a missionary? Well, here's a couple right here that uh, we're going to let them share some of their heart with you. And uh, that's Miss Vicky back there. Wave at them, Miss Vicky. So whenever you want them her to change your slide, we'll get it done. Thank y'all. Thank you, Pastor Tim and Miss Kim, for this opportunity. Um, also, thank you, Miss Faye, for your heart for missions. We really appreciate you. Um, and thank you for this church. Y'all are beautiful, and your heart for the Lord is amazing. Um, and thank you, Miss Vicky, for the slides. We appreciate you. Um, and to echo what Pastor Tim said, um, it's great that we have young missionaries. I think even five years ago, I was told that the average missionary was around 45 to 50, whereas just two years ago, it's getting to be 30 to 35 is the average age for new missionaries, which is great because you're seeing generation after generation of new people coming up because the Lord will use people of any age. And on speaking of, we have a baby, seven months old. If you go to the next slide, Miss Vicky. And she smile at me. Oh, can I use this now? Or do I gotta call Miss Vicky out? Oh, look at there. Boom. There's our other kids, Charlotte May and Alfie. We are very thankful for kids' ministry. Um, but as the previous slide mentioned, we are heading to Scandinavia. Um, that is the capital of Helsinki, capital city Helsinki of Finland, which is one of the um, areas of Scandinavia. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, she's going to peep her head through. She woke up. You see, this is Jubilee, in case you didn't say that. She's seven months. And our, the other two are six and four. And so, first off, I would like to give you a scripture. So, um, back this last year, the Lord started giving me Nehemiah. And I was reading 9, 19 through 20. And it's talking about the Israelites going through the wilderness. So, the history of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. And he's, it says, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. Ooh, isn't that amazing? God did not abandon us. And because of his great compassion, he is so compassionate for us. And during the day, the pillar of cloud was showing and never, it never turned away from them, guiding them on their journey. And during the night, a pillar of fire illuminated the way they should go. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. So if you don't know anything about us, we were on um, a mission to go to South America. And this last year we had a baby. So we kind of, you know, had a, <laughs> a little pausing session on our itineration. But the, during that time, the Lord shut the doors for on us for 
South America. And we're like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? We don't know what to do. The, the light was dark as far as what direction we were going in. So what did we do? We got on our, our knees and started praying. And the Lord started directing us towards Scandinavia. And then he gave me this scripture. And then when it said, he illuminated the way before them, I heard the Lord say, I want to illuminate my light on the Scandinavian people. So it just lit a fire under us. We're like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go now. <laughs> so we have been fundraising to go um, to Scandinavia and I think you'll talk about Scandinavia. It's okay. This is Scandinavia. It's a region in Northwest Europe of four different countries, which is Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. And um, she mentioned about lighting up the area, being illuminated. Um, as you can see, you're probably curious, the top of, especially Finland, there's part of the year where they get no light. It's a physically dark area, but then at the very bottom of Sweden, there's an area called Malmo, which is overrun by Muslims, so it's actually a very dark spiritual area. The whole region has a, like, bad past as far as, like, religion goes. They had, they were deep in Norse mythology for many years, as you can think of, like, the Vikings or other people coming from that area. And there's a lot of parts that are still rooted in that, and they don't know Christ. Um, they might mention, I talked to somebody a couple months ago, and he said that the statistics will say they are like 50, 60%, but it's really only 5 or 6% of the nation is actually um, Christian because they're rooted in secularism or like Lutherism, which is like an old like style, like, oh, yeah, my family went to church, so yes, I'm a Christian. No, that's not how it works. We know that. And so like we're, we're our heart is to like, illuminate and light up this area for these people and shine the light of Jesus to an area that doesn't have that. And part of that is, um, I'm sure you've possibly heard, in our denomination, we have a vision for the next 10 years called Arise 2033. And part of that is to have, to reach 107 or reach more countries on this list of 107 nations, which we have yet reached. And of those Scandinavian countries, four, three of those four are not on that list. And so we have no present except for back in August, we ordained our first pastor in Finland, a female pastor. Come on now. And we believe that we're able to like run alongside these pastors and help them so that if we have to leave, they can continue on for the next generation. So that it's not just all about us. It's about us raising up. Because you look at what Paul did. He raised up Barnabas. He raised up John Mark and all these others because you're raising up people, you're discipling. Because if you're not discipling someone who's not discipling someone who disciples them, it's a ongoing process that has to happen. And part of this is different strategies, such as prayer, evangelism, and reaching and discipling the lost. And one of our hearts is coffee house ministry. Who in here likes coffee? Come on now. I had to have some this morning, okay? <laughs> or else I wouldn't be up here talking to you. And I, we love having coffee over a like, with people because it's a great way to communicate with people. Right now my day job is working at a coffee shop and I see so many people having solid, good conversations and, and usually about Jesus or about other things, but it's a way to get to know people and know where their heart is and know where they're at. And so wait, because there's people who won't go to a church, but they'll go to a coffee shop. And I see that every day and there's people who you can reach through that cup of coffee and know what their heart is and know how to reach them. Another We, okay. Oh, yes, and we believe in family ministry. <laughs> I don't remember what I was supposed to say. 
Open doors. Okay, so how you can pray for us is we're praying for open doors. Um, we are praying for the right coffee shop location. We're praying for strategy from heaven. That, that way we can get in and get to the right place we need to be at the right time and do what God wants. And, you know, we're just doing the master's business. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> and can't read that one. And, um, yeah, so partnering with us. So the bread and butter for missionaries is monthly support. That's what gets us to the field and lets us stay on the field. And that's what we really need. We are about 30% funded. So in, in, in our eyes, we kind of have a little ways to go, but it's all in God's timing. And we, we believe in his perfect timing for that. And if you would like to, um, in the lobby, we have these cards, connect cards, and um, if they have a perforated thing, you can fill it out if you would like to uh, support us monthly. And you can also give through the church, I believe. Yes. So you can give through the church and make sure that your church gets credit for it because it's exciting. And <laughs> then, most importantly, beyond that, um, you can tear it off, put our picture on your fridge, your bathroom sink, and pray for us anytime you can. <laughs> that would be amazing. We covet your prayers, and we are so thankful to be here and we're so honored that you would let us come and speak and show you what the Lord is doing. Thank you. Would y'all mind letting us pray with y'all just a second? Would you mind standing and let's just say in a prayer over them right now? <clears throat> Psalms 5 and 12, for you, O Lord, bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as with a shield. Shield is not always defensive, blocking blows. Sometimes the shield is offensive, knocking things out of the way, knocking doors open. So, Father, we just pray over the Fagans, over Tony and Anna Barbara and over their kids today. And Father, we thank you for your purpose, your plan, your design, your destiny, your call, and your calling upon their lives. God, you had formulated in them before they were even formed in their mother's womb. God, as they are preparing to go on the mission field in this part of the, the world, Father, I pray you to give them creative genius, creative genius, not just thinking like missionaries, think like a kingdom missionary. Think outside of the box. Think creatively. Some crazy, wild, God-inspired ideas that's going to produce God-sized results. God, I pray that you would uh, be with them as they continue to itinerate. Uh, Father, I pray when people who are of wealth and means hear them and hear their heart, God, I pray that somebody will go ahead and write some checks, big checks, Thank the Lord for $5 here a month, $10 there a month. Get 100 people doing that. That's $500 a month. That's good. But there's one person that can write $5,000 a year and not miss it. Whoever those folks are, God, I pray you to cause them to cross their path. And God, you said you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. I asked it and I can think it. You gave me this wild imagination of faith, so I'm letting it go. So I pray your kingdom come and your will be done in the Fagans. I pray you to expedite their journey, get them there quick. God, when they get there, 
strategically, you've already got the place designed. You already got the owner. They haven't even heard these people's names yet, but you're already massaging that owner's heart. They're gonna let them lease, rent, whatever, buy, purchase at so much of a lower cost than what normally is over there that it's just gonna be ridiculous. And they're gonna scratch their own head. They're gonna say, why am I doing this? But it's because, God, you've already made their heart pliable. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. I pray you to use Tony and her barber and their kids to bring the light of Jesus into Scandinavia. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the darkness was bedazzled by it, overwhelmed by it, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all, and thank you. You can be seated. Won't you give somebody a high five and tell them you're glad to be sitting this close to somebody like them today. How are y'all doing today? Well, my name is Tim Hodge. I used to be the preacher here. But I hadn't preached in so long, I forgot what it feels like. Let me back up to this right here. I need to make an announcement. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, I had an 11 o'clock meeting here on a Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, but I was coming down the highway and I turned to come up Log Cabin Road and I was slowing to turn into the driveway and the Lord said to me, get land prepare to expand. I'm just saying what he said. Get land, prepare to expand. So this week, I drafted a letter and Miss Wanda mailed it off. This field over here, I have contacted the group of investors who own it and I'm requesting them to parcel off to us, to parcel off to us 10 to 20 acres. Why would you do that, Pastor Tim? Because I wanna build a giant multi-purpose gymnasium, fellowship hall, industrial-sized kitchen with all the works over there. Uh, and I want to bring our youth group out here and have their own special facility. Not to mention, not to mention, Luke, some of us old guys will go out there in that gym and just beat the living daylights out of them. Right, Jay? They are old now. Folks, also, I would like to ask you to start praying with me. They'll probably get that letter tomorrow or Tuesday. Start praying for the Lord the same favor we prayed over the Fagans. Pray for the Lord to give us favor with those individuals. 10 to 20 acres. Why do you want so much, Pastor Tim? You don't need that much for one building. I know we don't, but you would need that much for a Christian school. 
uh, Pentecostal, encouraging the children and the teens to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost kind of Pentecostal Christian school. So I guess somebody kind of felt that in your spirit, huh? Not only do we want that building to build that a multi-purpose facility for the youth of Northview, but you know what? It would be great for some of us men to become spiritual fathers and mentors to kids of uh, single-parent homes and pick those kids up, bring them out here on the weekend and just play ball, hang out with them, teach them some life skills and teach them some disciplines. Need space to do that. So I encourage you to pray that the Lord give us favor. Second thing is, uh, and I'm stepping out on a limb here, Easter's coming up right around the corner. I think it'd be great for us to believe God that he's gonna give us a great deal on that land. And let's pray God for a whopping record resurrection seed offering. Let's get it. No loans, let's get it, pay for it and pray for God to give us what's next. Everybody shout, no debt. Say it again, no debt. My cup is not full, my cup's not up to the brim, my cup is running over. I serve an overflow God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Glad nobody threw rocks at me because of that. It's because y'all thought I was packing today, wasn't it? I'm not. I came nice today. Let's make our faith statement. Can we do that? We are sword drums, word purpose-filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will. But give the Lord a praise if you believe it today. Here's my assignment. Go ahead and get your smart device out, your phone, your tablet or whatever, and go ahead, get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, make a post, hashtag drunk again. Drunk again. Yes, I'm preaching that up in the house of God today. That's my assignment, and I'm going to hit it, and I'm going to hit it hard. Drunk Again, I wonder if I got anybody in here that has ever been intoxicated in the presence, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit of God. Don't forget to hit your location on there. We are at Northview Harvest Ministries, 17760 Log Cabin Lane. All right, and I'm starting today a series as the Lord gives me direction and freedom uh, over the next few weeks, I want to hit on some things and I'm calling it Heaven's Flow. New wine, new oil, and new wine. Heaven's Flow, new oil, and new wine. This is my assignment 
for the next several weeks. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Let me just kind of catch us up on where we are. Over the past three months, January 15th, Pastor Faye spoke, uh, and she her title of her message was, I See You. And she used Isaiah chapter 49, verses 13 through 15, which can be encapsulated in this. God says, I have not forsaken you. And that little sister brought it that day, didn't she? We thank God for her, her life, her testimony, and the gifts of God that are upon her life. And then on February the 5th, but even between, before Pastor Faye spoke, and between that and February the 5th, when we had the youth service, when the youth came back from their trip to Accelerant and they shared their testimonies, how many of y'all have sensed God's been causing a swelling in the spirit in what he's doing? It's like something, if we were in a musical choir or an orchestra, it's like the music is swelling up to a mighty crescendo. It's getting louder, but it's not just louder, it's getting powerful. You can feel it beginning to just swell up. How many of y'all feel like God is doing something fresh and new in you, your life, and your family? So on February the 5th, we had the youth service. On March the 5th, Pastor Michael Hunt, who I had scheduled him to preach. What, Pastor Michael, you in here? Well, like last year, we talked about that, and I gave you that date. I said, be ready, bring it. On March the 5th, Pastor Michael Hunt preached this, new wine is coming to your house. All right, let me back up and say that again because three people still got that. Pastor Michael said, new wine is coming to your house. But every gathering that we have had corporately here over the last three months has been riveted with the presence of God. Lives have been impacted and changed for the glory of God. Now let me go ahead and tell you, God, has, God is doing this, y'all. He is doing something behind the scenes. He's doing something in your face. This is God. I need you to look at somebody and say, this is God. This is not man-made, this is not fabricated, this is not planned. We didn't go off to a church growth summit and say, what can we do, what steps can we do? We didn't sit back there in the office and have staff meetings and say, hey, Pastor Tim, you've got a degree in church planning, church revitalization, what can we do to, to make this happen? Nope, let me tell you something. What God is doing here is God and God alone. Well, let me talk to this out over here because nobody over there heard me, okay? Let me Here's what the Bible says. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. I am excited to be a part of what God is doing here at Northview Harvest Ministries. Anybody else? So when Pastor Michael was to speak on that Sunday, that Friday, he was texting me and something along this line that, that God was just giving him some serious download. And, and so after we text for about three hours, after we, we did go on back and forth for a while, I said, well, what do you feel like God is saying? Basically, that's what I asked him. And he started sharing with me that, that God was speaking to him about new wine. And I was like, hold up just a minute. Remember this, he was gonna speak, what was that, March the 5th? So the Lord reminded me 
if you'll notice the date, Friday, February 3rd, almost one month and two days before. Actually, the day me and him were texting, it would have been exactly one month before. I ain't getting no help up in here. You can't tell me that there is not a God. Now, if you see that FFFNP, that's the first Friday of the month. And if you've missed it, we have what we call FQP, First Friday Fasting and Prayer, in here from 7 o'clock. Now, hold up just a minute. We don't have an agenda. We've got candles up here on the stage, and we've got the lights down low. We've got some soft worship music on. It's just a time for you to come and get along with God. And you can say, well, Pastor Tim, there ain't nothing going to come out of that. Would you look up there in that top left-hand number? What's that number? What is it? Well, in the Tim Hodge style of journaling, in the top left-hand corner, that number with the circle around it, that refers to page number for that date. I ain't getting no help on that. Y'all not getting it. You know what that means? That means I came in here and sat back there, sat back there. in a semi-dark room with worship music playing and God started talking and I started writing. Is this working? But I want you to look at this. Break a seal in the heavens, Lord God. Something so dynamic and profound, it is undeniably of you and from you. And then I began to write, fresh, 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 fresh opportunities, fresh set of downs, light the fire, give us fresh oil, give us fresh fire, give us fresh anointing, give us fresh fruit of the spirit. And look at here down in that bottom left-hand corner with all that little dooflotchy stuff drawn around it. What does that say? I didn't talk to him about that. I didn't tell him a thing what the Lord had spoken to me in, in February, but when he began to say what the Lord was saying to him in March, I was like, hold up now, wait a minute, because the last time I checked the word, when God confirms a thing out of the mouth of two or three. So if I hadn't talked to him and he hadn't talked to me, but the Lord said the same thing to me and said the same thing to him a, uh, a month later, let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you right now, folks, there is a heaven's flow about to open up and there's new fresh oil from heaven that's about to be moving throughout this region and there's new wine that's about to be moving through this region and for the next few weeks, if you will stick with me, I'm gonna teach you and preach you on what heaven's flow is all about with the new oil and the new wine. Let me just hit some things and get on out of here. So Pastor Michael said new wine is coming to your house. That's what he said. Now note that's not new wine, W-H-I-N-E. In fact, can I pause right there? If you're gonna have the W-I-N-E, you gotta get rid of the old and the new W-H-I-N-E. I ain't getting no help up in here. Because you know what whiners are? Whiners are complainers. You know what whiners are? Whiners are negative naysayers. Come on, somebody. That's why when God's feeding the children of Israel for 40 years out there in the wilderness, two and a half to three and a half million people, he's doing miraculous stuff every day. And then they start murmuring and they start bickering and they start complaining. We don't like this. We don't want this. We don't want Moses. We're going to kill Moses. God, we don't want what you're supernaturally providing to us. 
Come on, let me tell you something, somebody. God does not like whining. Look at somebody and say, God doesn't like whining. But I'm going to tell you what God does believe in. God does be, believe in giving new W-I-N-E. Hallelujah. So when we're coming into this thing with the new oil, the oil and the new wine, hallelujah, with heaven's flow, you got to understand this. The oil symbolizes the anointing. That is the smearing and residue of the Holy Spirit. We'll deal with that later. The new wine is the intoxicating, motivating presence and power of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm going to back up and say that again. It is the intoxicating, motivating presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me talk to y'all folk who wouldn't sanctified your whole life. And I need y'all to help me. And those of you folks that don't have a, you don't have a, a shady past and you didn't do stuff like some of us did, I need to talk to some of y'all drunks. I ain't got no other way to say it. I need to talk to some of y'all folk been drunk before. And I'm not talking about drunk on the Holy Ghost right now, I'm talking about your BC days. I'm talking when Jesus wasn't the king of kings in your life, but Bud was still the king of beers. All right, well, let's take it on back. What about Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill? What about any of that? Hello? What about vodka? What about y'all going down to the beach and making PJ? I ain't got nobody gonna confess nothing in this house. You ain't got like, y'all you ain't like, like y'all got nothing that nothing's under the blood. Let me tell y'all something. First time I ever tasted vodka, I was 15 years old and I was under the bridge at Gallivance Ferry because me and, uh, I better not call names up here. I don't know what the statute of limitations is. But me and about four other guys, we poured under there because we had a cooler with some fruit cocktail and some Hawaiian punch and a big old bottle, about 120 proof. I ain't getting no witness. Well, let me tell y'all something about what happened. So I'm, I'm bad at that point. I've been, I've been smoking dope and I've been drinking beer for a few years and, and uh, some Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill. So that, they, they poured out that 120 proof. I thought I was gonna do that like everything else. They mixing that stuff in the cooler. I said, give me that bottle. I took the top off of that thing. I turned it up and took a whole mouthful and swallowed it down. Man, if you'd have lit a match in front of my face, I'd have blew off and went to Mars. That stuff took my breath. That stuff made me go, whoo, I couldn't breathe. It was burning. It, it wouldn't come up and it wouldn't go down. I was like a volcano stuck with lava somewhere between my chin and my heart. I ain't getting no help up in this house. I know all y'all sanctified and y'all don't know nothing about that stuff. But let me tell you something. It didn't stop there. Because see, when I grew up, when I grew up and I started partying, if you could still stand up, you wasn't through drinking. I, I gotta get on up in here. Somebody say, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. As it is in the natural, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know if they're ready for this, Jesus. I don't know if they're ready for this, Jesus. Acts chapter two, verse one. And that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I'm coming back to that stuff in just a minute. Don't worry, I didn't forget about that PJ under the bridge. Some of y'all are gonna have to explain to some of these folks what PJ is, Okay. <clears throat> When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Somebody shout, this Pentecost is a harvest feast. 
Now, let me go ahead and tell you something. If you're taking notes on this, write this down right now. God is all about a harvest coming into your life. God is all about harvest for your life. He wants to bring blessings of harvest in every capacity of your life. In fact, look at Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses 12 through 13. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments or because you submit to the word of God. How many folk have I got submitted to the word in here? Because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and mercy which he swore to your fathers. He will keep the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers and he will love you. He won't, he won't put up with you. He won't tolerate you. Tim, tell him what it says. It says he will love you. Say it one more time, Tim. See, I got to get another crazy Tim to help me out on this right here. Then again, I got a crazy Keith over there and I got a crazy, I got crazy people all up in here. Somebody shout, he will love you. Look at somebody and tell them God is longing to love you. He wants to love you. He will love you. Look what it says. He will bless you. He will multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land. He will bless your grain. Look at here, look at here. And your, I ain't getting no help on this. I will bless your new wine and your oil or your fresh oil because the oil's coming out when the wine's coming out. The increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. Look at somebody say, God is love. Let me go ahead and say this right now. God is not mad or angry at you. Some folk want to make God look like he's just up there mad. Eyes of fire, gritting his teeth, a lightning bolt in his hand, about to throw it down to earth and just zap somebody. That's not God. But hold up now. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater either. God is love. I love my kids. Have I got any parents in here that love your kids? But have you ever gotten angry at them? Did you ever have to just... Let me back up. Rewind. Reword that one, Tim. Some parents understand. The Bible says... To spare the rod is to spoil the child. They understand the Bible says, thank you, Miss Sarah. They understand the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child and the rod of correction drives it far from him. The Hodge translation of that is beat the fool out of your child. I'm not talking about abusing your child. I'm not talking about leaving marks on your child, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I give you total permission to whip your child if they need it. I was in a grocery store one time and I used to work for Keebler part-time because I didn't care about making the money. They, They gave me insurance and it was for me and my family. So I'd go in there, work my little part-time job. And uh, there was this lady, she had two little kids and she was in line. And the little boy kept doing stuff and she said, don't do that, don't, don't, stop, you better quit. Uh, one, two, I told you don't do, 
you do that again, you're going to get a spanking. One, two, for five minutes. I kept hearing this lady's nagging voice. One, two, and I'm sitting there, Lord, help me put these cookies up and not throw something. My flesh wanted to jump up and say, three! Do you want to use my belt, ma'am? God is not angry. But listen, like any loving parent, he can get angry. God is not a wrathful God, but he is a God of wrath. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we've got to incorporate this that God loves you. God loves me. It doesn't matter what blemishes or flaws or sins or failures or faults or weaknesses that we have, that can never make God unlove you. When Dr. Joel Paleo held my newborn, firstborn son that was born through an emergency cesarean and, and they're about, I don't know, from here to Tracy in the operating room, I'm standing out in the hallway looking through that glass plated door and I'm watching them cut my wife and push that baby back up into her uterus because he was lodged in the birth canal. And, and I watched the nurses take the baby over and start working on him and they're still working on Kim. And when they finally got the baby resuscitated and cleaned off and made sure he's okay. Dr. Paleo went over there and took the baby wrapped up in that little bundle of white stuff and brought him over to the window and held him up and I stood there bawling like a baby, ugly crying. Had all that head garb, little footies and everything on because I'd plan on being in there, man. Had the video camera stuff over my shoulder. I was ready to do the real daddy thing. Didn't know we were gonna run into hell and high water in the labor and delivery but let me tell you something. When I looked that crying baby in the eye, something inside of me, something inside of me, Charles, you mentioned that aha moment this morning in the men's when you were sharing your word with the men. Something, I had an aha moment. Oh, come on, Eric, the bulb came on over my head when I looked that baby in the eye and I realized forever I would love that baby. That it didn't matter what he did, whether it was good or bad, I would not approve of it if it was bad, but I'm gonna tell you what, he would never sink so low that I would never not love that child, that I would be his father and I would never forsake him. But let me tell you something, people, the next few years of that little boy growing up to be a toddler, it seems like every day the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and saying to me, if you can love your child that much, if you can be that merciful to your child, if you can be that gracious to your child, if you can be that doting over your child, if you want to nurture and build the character of your child, how much more do you think your father in heaven is watching over you? He loves you today like a loving father. Look at your neighbor one more time, tell him he loves you. Even when you're unlovable, he loves you. Even when you don't deserve it, even when everybody else may throw the towel in your corner and give up, he'll never, never, never let you go because he loves you with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. Whew. 
There are times that God has to be angry, gets angry. There are times that he pours out wrath, but that's not his heart, y'all. In fact, to compare the two differences in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, God said he would visit sin to the third and the fourth generation. Everybody say third and fourth. But you know what he said in Deuteronomy 7 and 9? He said he would visit the covenant of mercy to the righteous to 1,000 generations. And I don't know about y'all, but 1,000 trumps three or four every day of the week. Somebody give him some love today. Would you do that? So I'm gonna wrap this thing up. We're gonna get somewhere. I need you to get with me though. I need you to understand this. As we talk about heaven's flow in the next few weeks, when we talk about Pentecost, I need you to understand God's all about harvest. He's all about the new wine. He's all about the fresh oil, the oil coming from the figs. Uh, excuse me, not the figs, the olives. He's all about the fresh crop of olives. When he talks about the new wine, he's talking about the fresh crop of grapes. God is talking about all this fresh new stuff. And look, I don't know about anybody else. If you thought Christianity was dead, dry, born, dormant, and just archaic, let me tell you something, baby. You had tapped into the same thing that I've tapped into because it's not dead. It is not dormant. It is not dying, it's not decaying, it is not archaic, come on somebody it's fresh, it's vibrant man I tell you what, I get to walk and talk with the king of glory, come on somebody I can be riding down the road and I feel that little nudge that I know is bigger than a man, come on I know when he starts telling me who to pray for and I don't know what to pray I can pray in the spirit and the Holy Ghost himself makes intercession through me and I don't know what to say but he always knows what to say and he will turn situations around because that's what he does let me hurry up here Acts chapter 2 back to our, our passage here and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house somebody say it filled the whole house the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled. Mm. They wasn't touched. They wasn't touched. It wasn't a little dab of do you. Somebody shout what they were. They were filled And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hold up now. Not when the denomination gave them utterance. Not when the chief apostle of your group of circle of preachers gave the utterance. I ain't getting no help up in here. Not when you got the latest uh, download and email from your favorite prophetic voice on the internet when it gave you the utterance. Nope, when the Holy Spirit gave you the utterance. Look at somebody and nudge them and say, you need to be listening to the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all believe that today? Did you repeat it just because I told you to parrot it? Don't you think about it just a minute. We need to hear and feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Hold on, it's about to get tired up in here. 
And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, hold up just a minute, what sound? We've been told about two sounds, okay? The first sound is there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. But there's another sound going on too because they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So we don't know what sound occurred, but maybe it's both sounds. The wind of the Spirit and the people of God under the inundation of the overflow that are receiving from God. And I don't know about anybody else, but I believe today the United States of America is on a crash course on a dead end street. And instead of slowing down, it is picking up speed. And the only hope for the United States of America is not whether Donald Trump will or will not be arrested this week. It is not whether Michelle Obama will run in place of Biden. The only hope for the United States of America sits on the throne of God and the Holy Spirit that rules and reigns in the earth is looking for people, men and women, who will say, God, here am I. Use me and I will lift my voice. I'll make my noise, God. Send the wind, send the fire. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, the multitude of Jerusalem's Jews, devout men who had come in for this pilgrimage, this holiday of Pentecost, this harvest feast from all around the world. They came together and were confused because everyone heard speaking his own language. Verse seven, would somebody shout out that what is in red? Say it one more time. Saying to one another, look, are all not all these who speak Galileans? And I'm going to lay this at your feet today. It's time to get away from amusement and entertainment in the house of God and get back to amazing, amazement, and marveling. David Wilkerson, who was a strong prophetic voice to our generation, said before he died that before the Lord's return that the church of Jesus Christ in America would turn more to entertainment than it does the power of God. It's time to get away from amusement and entertainment and get back to amazement and marveling. Can Christianity? Yes, I made that up. I'm still chewing on it because the Lord gave it to me back in December of last year. Can Christianity, the prepackaged deal, has relied on catchy schemes, marketing and entertaining an audience instead of discipling a congregation and manifesting the holy, holy presence of God that transforms lives. But organic Christianity, that's what I'm looking for, the real, the raw. Look what it says. Organic Christianity is raw and untamed. It does not fit in 
the confines of man-made orthodoxy. It is the Holy Spirit blowing in and doing what he wants in the midst of a people surrender to him. This is the true Christianity where the people of God are led by the Spirit and you'll have to look over here to get this whole verse because we've got to get that screen synced. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 20, the last words of the gospel of Mark, and they, the disciples, went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs, amen. Can I tell you right now, we need to get away from fog machines, and we need to get away from fancy laser lights, I ain't got nothing problem with that, but if that's what we're leaning on to keep people's attention span, I'm gonna tell you right now, what I wanna see is I wanna see not anointed preachers just behind pulpits, I wanna see anointed believers out in the seats that if during worship the Holy Spirit of God tells you, get up to that altar, you will move. If the Holy Spirit of God over here lays on Pastor Michael's heart, somebody over there, he will go to him like he's got a laser sight from heaven, lay hands on him and let the Holy Ghost do what only the Holy Ghost can do. See, I'm gonna tell you right now, if we say we want to see the fire of God, if we say we want the new wine, you better get ready to have your mind blown. And sometimes it's gonna scare the bejeebers out of you. But I'm gonna tell you what, there's a lot of people been sitting in church for years that needs the devil scared out of them. I want that organic Christianity. I want that raw Christianity. I want that unmodified Christianity. I don't want that 2,000 years that we kept added to it and modifying, trying to make it better and trying to make it more palatable and trying to make it a little softer and trying to, let me tell you something. All this Kool-Aid mess we got going on in this Western Hemisphere Christianity today, let me tell you something. You want to be a Christian? Then you're going to have to deny yourself. Take up your cross. What does that mean? You got to be willing to die, man. You got to be willing to die, man. I shared with the guys this morning in men's breakfast. I've, I've got just received late last night, early today, the latest of uh, I do these Pakistan Zoom missions things through an organization I became a part of years ago. And they will actually send Pakistani people into these remote villages with a satellite phone and, and they will get a satellite internet link. It's very shoddy, but it's better than nothing. And they would literally put a sheet up on a wall at night when it's freezing cold. And they'll have a projector, small little projector and a little sound system and they hook a laptop up to that internet and they actually zoom me from my house in my little makeshift studio. They zoom me through an interpreter. I preach the gospel to remote villages. The one I believe that, that I got yesterday said 109 people received Christ. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on. That ain't like here in America. 
Would you like to be saved today? Say this prayer after me. I am sick to death of that. You want to be a Christian? Repent of your sins and follow Christ. He loves you. He loves you so much he died on a cross for you. But I cannot water down this stuff and embrace this American little mamby-pamby, milk-toast, watered-down, Kool-Aid-filled Christianity that says all you gotta do is just say a little prayer and then you can go back and get high on your pot later today that you got stashed hidden from your mom and daddy in your desk drawer. Who am I talking to up in here? You can't go out there and be carousing and trying to get in somebody else's pants if you're going to follow Jesus, then you're going to have to be holy. These Pakistani people, when 109 of them accepted Jesus Christ, you know what they were saying? They were saying, I'm willing to die because when they prayed that prayer with me, they understood at any moment Muslims could bust in that door of where they were at or come swarming in cars with 50 calibers on the back of trucks and just mow them all down. And we here in America, we sit in our plush little pale velvet line sanctuaries. We got heat, we got air, we got soft seats. Those Pakistanis sat on the freezing ground at 9.30 to 10.30 at night while a crazy man back in the United States told them about Jesus Christ, that he loved them, that he came and he died for them, that the cross of Jesus is real. They 